Hi, I'm Alex. Hi, I'm Liz. Hi, I'm Annie. And welcome to the Research Room, a space to make research by the people for the people. Cool. So today we have quite a doozy of a paper, I think. Uh, we will be talking all things COVID again. Um, but this one, I think, um, very different than uh, the last one uh, that we're talking about. Well, we're talking about more like vaccination sort of stuff. This is all about... Um, the kind of misperceptions that we have uh, as society, uh, I think, and not just like certain individuals, but like kind of all of us, uh, we have these misperceptions about how coronavirus spreads. Um, so this paper uh, that was titled Correcting Misperceptions of Exponential Coronavirus Growth Increases Support for Social Dis Distancing. Um, this is by Lammers and colleagues. Um, just last year, <clears throat> this was published. And so, uh, yeah, as I was saying, um, we, we have these mis misperceptions of how um, coronavirus is spread. Um, and we, uh, I think a spoiler alert, we often underestimate how much uh, is being spread, at least in the long run. Um, but I think there's like an upshot here is that uh, we can also correct for this. Um, it seems like it is plausible. Like, yes, we might have these misperceptions um, and we'll, we'll talk in a lot more detail about that um, soon enough, but uh, we have these mis misperceptions. I, oh, that's a horrible word. I should not keep saying that. That's <laughs> so hard to keep saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> What's a better word, though? <laughs> I don't know. There is no word. other word, so yeah. just use it. <laughs> I'll just keep fumbling on misperceptions. Um, <laughs> Misunderstand? Misunderstandings. Oh. Uh, yes, we have misunderstandings of how... That's also difficult. <laughs> it's longer. <laughs> scratch it, scratch it. Yeah. Uh, we, we have, but it, I think it rolls off the tongue a little bit better. So I'll say the misunderstandings <laughs> of um, coronavirus spread... Um, and we can uh, correct for that, right? So um, it's not just that. Uh, if we correct for this, then we also end up engaging in uh, more preventative, oh, not necessarily engaging. We have at least more support for uh, preventative behaviors. And that's actually, that's a pretty big distinction uh, that uh, I'll also talk about in a little bit. Um, but that's that's the gist of it, I think, right? Like, um, we, we, we just want to, oh, go ahead. Yeah, we forgot to mention, like, like what this misperception is so mm. um across three studies mm. the papers shows that people uh, believe that coronavirus will actually grow in a linear manner when it actually spreads in an exponential um, fashion so Right. Yeah. And I, uh, that's great. Um, it's a lot of words <laughs> that uh, uh, might, yeah. might not make sense though. <laughs> um, we should explain it, them to the public so they make sense. Right. Yes. Um, so I guess at the point of this paper, it's not to like, just point out like, Hey, like you're dumb. <laughs> um, because I, I don't think that's what the authors are trying to say here. That's not what we're trying to say either. Um, I think the whole point of this was like, we know that people are going to misunderstand these complicated like health issues right mm -hmm. and we just want to keep people safe uh like or at least that's what i think <laughs> the author's intention with this was that's at least my intention i can, maybe i can't speak for liz and annie <laughs> but... oh of course we're the bad guys <laughs> <laughs> um 
But yeah, we just want to keep people safe, right? Uh, so how can we increase preventative behaviors such as social distancing? Um, mm-hmm. So uh, this would be one one route to do that. Uh, so if we, we don't want people to think that um, it's just a linear spread of this, uh, what, so what would that mean? That would mean like, let's say, uh, every week, people, uh, tons of people are getting infected, right? But how fast are they getting infected? Um, if it were a linear trend, um, that would mean that if five people were infected this week, maybe 10 people are infected, uh, the 10 people will be infected by next week, and then 15, and then 20, and then 25, and so on and so forth. Um, but then uh, that's not how it works. <laughs> um, it, is, uh, it goes a lot faster than that, actually. It starts out slow, but like after that, kind of um, takes off. Um, if we have, oh, hi, maybe I shouldn't do it. If I, was, I don't know. <laughs> that kind of math, math is really hard. <laughs> I'm glad you're saying this and not me. It would not be good. <laughs> um, but let's say the rate actually doubles every mm. week. Um, That's so if it's, <laughs> right. Uh, if it's five, uh, then it goes 10, 20, 40, 80, 160, right? Mm. And that is, that's a lot more than the 25, 30 that you might've thought. Right. So um, that's that's the basic thing that um, these authors um, thought about. Um, and that also makes sense. Right. Like, why? Mm-hmm. Why is this exponential? Because, I mean, everyone is interacting with a whole group of people uh, and th- that group of people, like some of them are going to get infected. Some of them are not going to get infected. And then within each of those people, they also have groups. Right. And so you can see like it's all these like pods of people that um, it's not just like one other person. It's not just two other people. It's like everyone knows other people and that just continues the spread. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's the basic thing, um, but maybe I'll stop rambling so someone can say something better. Yeah, maybe I can start with some strengths of this mm. paper. Um, so I think there are um, three major strengths of the paper. The first is that all of these experiments were conducted in March 2020. So that's very mm. early. So that's about when you know COVID started to become really a big issue in the US. So in that sense, you know, the authors moved really fast and you know administered their experiments really quickly. So in that sense, you know, they were able to get the message out to the public, you know, very early on um, in the COVID pandemic. And the second point, um, second strength of this paper is that they did demonstrate, you know, the uh, exponential bias, which is part of a very, you know, um, common statistical illiteracy um, that people engage in. And this has been shown in past work as well. Um, You know, people don't understand statistics very well, especially when it comes to like health issues. And um, this paper, you know, um, emphasizes that and, its implications for COVID preventive behaviors as well. Um, And the third part of this, uh, third strength of this paper is that they don't just end by saying people have this exponential, uh, don't understand this exponential growth of the coronavirus. They actually try an intervention um, to correct for it. um, And then, and also demonstrate that, you know, these misperceptions can be corrected. which does kind of gives uh, a lesson for how public health communications can go about correcting uh, the misperceptions. So, you know, there are, these are, you know, very, you know, important uh, findings uh, and the value of the paper. Um, So, you know, I'm not surprised that this paper has been published very quickly and also in a very prestigious journal. Um, Mm. So, 
Yeah, no, that's such a good point um, <clears throat> that they don't just leave it at, hey, this is a problem in society, but like, hey, this is something we can actually do to fix it. Like, mm-hmm. that's great. Like that, more psychological research needs to be like that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, but with any study, right, there is like limitations. So mm. um, there might be a few with this, <laughs> right? So they're using what's called, um, if you've never heard of it before, right? So it's Amazon Mechanical Turk, um, and it's a way to recruit participants, right? So you may not even know this, but there's this like platform essentially where you can like earn money um, to, you know, conduct, uh, do studies, right? Um, and provide responses, survey responses, do take part in tasks. So um, they use that for, I think it was all three samples, right? Mm-hmm. Don't know if I have the details right. Um, But the problem, right, with Mechanical Turk, I mean, there are some problems, but one of them is that it may not be what's called like generalizable, right? Meaning the people that are in the sample, um, you can, they may not be like representative of like the entire population, right? The characteristics, demographics, things like that. Um, So that is one of the shortcomings of this research. You know, even though it's, you know, trying to like, look at intervention, you know, stuff and like have those implications um, there. That is something that we have to consider. Um, and especially because they're looking at uh, conservative, con- I can't even talk, conservatism <laughs> versus like liberals, right? So to make a claim about something like that, um, it's you, kind you of- You would need half conservatives and half liberals at least. Yeah, which yeah. we don't really think they, I don't think they actually have that, right? Mm. With this, uh, this okay, research. Okay. Yeah, I don't think we actually know. Uh, Did they report the demographics? I don't think so. But again, it's a short paper. So maybe Mm -hmm. they just they have that reported elsewhere and we just don't see it in the write up. Mm, But they do mention that. So they cite other papers showing that like entire participants are still, you know, um, representative of the US. But you know, this is, this has been a lot debated in psychological research. Mm. So Right. Yeah, no, it definitely has. Uh, and I, I mean, honestly, I would say it probably isn't <laughs> representative. <laughs> like anytime you have just people that are on the internet, like taking surveys all day, like that, it's, it's a tough <laughs> stretch to say like, oh, that these are actually, this is just the United States, right? Um, there's plenty of people who've never even heard of MTurk. Um let alone actually use it. Uh, I mean, I, I can't use it. I wouldn't want to sit doing surveys all day. Uh, I guess more power to the people that are doing it. But um, right, so uh, we don't necessarily know if it's been 50-50 um, liberals and conservatives in this in this paper. Uh, and actually, a lot of the research that has been done so far would probably say it's not uh, necessarily that. Uh, it's probably leaning a little bit more liberal than anything else. Um, it's possible that uh, with, with COVID and with all the um, uh, quarantine uh, that has happened that some of those numbers have uh, actually reduced and so that some of that bias has been reduced so that it is a little bit more equal, but still overall it does seem to be leaning toward um liberal um that and also like with ethnicity with education um all of those Mm -hmm. kinds of things also um get skewed with this um so yeah uh, i I think it's a great point uh, that you're raising liz uh that um who knows basically i think (laughs) on this it's uh we can we can take the findings with a, a grain of salt i think yeah, it's not to discount them entirely. I mean, yeah. but like you definitely have to like have like a little question like mark there at the end. Like, is this actually real world like truth? You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, obviously it worked, right? Like whatever they did, it did work. Uh, whoever these people are, we don't know who we can generalize to, but it did work. <laughs> exactly. 
And also in terms of the generalizability, uh, this is also a very difficult word to pronounce. That's why I didn't want to say it at first. I was like, can I actually say this word? I don't know. <laughs> so um, exactly. So one thing that Alex brought up quite early on, earlier on in this podcast was the distinction between measuring intentions versus behavior. So obviously, like the authors say, social distancing has been a very important part of preventing COVID. I mean, the spread of COVID. But then, you know, the authors really end with measuring just intentions. So we, we really don't know if people will actually go out there after the intervention and start, you know, actually practicing social distancing, right? Um, so I would say, you know, if we were to find uh, some weaknesses of the paper, uh, that could be one. If we were to, as we continue <laughs> doing so. <laughs> well, I started, I'm the bad guy, so. <laughs> but no, again, such a great point, right? Um, I mean, not that I said it, <laughs> but that Annie said it. Um, the responsibility yeah, the, is all mine. <laughs> the fact that it is much more uh, this intention sort of thing, like, that, that, like, do you support the idea of social distancing? Like, there's no one-to-one -one relationship between uh, just, like, thinking in your head, like, hey, this is a good idea versus, like, I'm actually going to behave in this way now. Um, that would be great if that was the case, right? Like, psychology would be so much easier. <laughs> and uh, we could change a lot of behaviors that way, right? But um, it's, it's not. Um, it does. It is a good predictor, uh, I would say, uh, of um, behaviors. But there's plenty of different ways uh, that that could go. Um, they could just like simply think it is. It's a good idea, but like it's too much energy for themselves, or like, oh, they can like trust the people around them so they don't have to socially distance, or like <laughs> whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of just real world like things that happen. Exactly. Um, I mean, I always want to wake up early, but I never do it. So, you know, that's really a good demonstration of the distinction between intention and behavior. Um, sorry, yes, I didn't, I didn't uh, mean to make a joke out of this. That's a, good, that's a good example, though, of like our behavior right. that we may want to do something, but like to actually do it, it's difficult. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, <laughs> there's a very big disconnect sometimes. Yes, right. Um, so I guess I am curious then, what, what do we think would actually help uh, in, in getting this behavior kind of aspect? Because like that's, that's what the end goal really is, right? It's not just to like say like, oh, like as a society, we agree that this is good, but we're not going to listen. Um, <clears throat> what, what else could uh, work? So I, I think one thing that um, I think about is like, who is the actual source um, that is saying we're trying to correct for this misinformation? Um, if we like look at like maybe ma uh, major uh, media sources, um, and maybe people like listen to CNN or uh, MSNBC or Fox or whatever it is, right? Um, if these news anchors were to say um, like, oh, like we actually have this misperception of how COVID is spread. It's actually like this. And then like have people like just on national live television, just like we <laughs> go through like, oh, it's not um, like adding five people uh, a week. Um, it actually doubles um, every few days. Um, and having that like th uh, thought process like worked out for people, um, that that does seem to help. And I think it would help even more if it's someone that like you think of as credible. Uh, if it's someone that like has that popularity. If it's someone that like you, I mean, you go to for information. You literally go to the <laughs> to news to get information. Um, it might be TikTok <laughs> these days. It might not actually be news outlets, but like TikTok and like social media. So that's a consideration too. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, so but true. I, what do you what did you think? Uh, like maybe not news anchors. <laughs> maybe they're a little outdated. Uh, but 
what do you think of this so one thing i thought about was the authors also mentioned about like personal relevance Mm. so like sometimes like i think you know um Sometimes, like, the reason, many people actually think that, like, I know, they think that COVID, they know that COVID is a serious issue, but sometimes they think that it's not really going to affect me. Like, I'm healthy, I'm fine, I always stay at home. So I think there's some, sometimes, the reason people don't engage in preventive behaviors enough is because they don't think, they underestimate the likelihood that COVID will affect themselves, right? So when, you know, like you said, when, you know, popular media or um, trustworthy media is actually communicating the exponential bias, they can also um, explain because of this exponential bias, you know, uh, COVID that's happening, you know, farther away from where you live can really quickly reach where you live, right? Your, Your own social network. So maybe that could increase the personal relevance of this whole exponential bias and um, make people be more motivated um, to correct for their misperceptions. One thought there. No, yes. that's, that's really cool. Uh, Liz, sorry, were you going to say something? Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, like, it could be, like, the number of times, like, your exposure to the information, mm. right? So mm. not just, like, hearing from a credible source, but, like, repeatedly, right? If you hear the message, you might be like, okay, well, maybe this is actually relevant now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, I mean, honestly, uh, persuasion is nothing but a bunch of trickery, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, really, though, I mean... <laughs> yeah. So uh, both of you are bringing up points that I, I haven't really like put these pieces together before. Um, and it could be, it's just like one of the like attributing factors. I don't think it's like the reason, but um, some of the major spread, like that happened in like New York, right? That happened in California, like these, uh, Texas, like these huge states um, had some of the biggest uh, spread at first. <clears throat> But then uh, now we, we're seeing, uh, I mean, we're seeing in the United States everywhere, it's kind of increasing, but <laughs> I, I would say the major places that it's increasing are probably actually these like smaller states um, that, uh, I mean, maybe the, the personal relevance just wasn't there, right? Like the, the repeated nature of, of these uh, news stories of like how much it's actually spreading, how bad uh, this is getting, how many deaths there are, how many hospitalizations there are. Like if you live in a bigger state, like that was like just constantly <laughs> being thrown in your face, um, but not so much uh, in other places, uh, I don't think. Um, mm. Although I think now the, the tables have like kind of like turned there in the sense of there are local newspapers that are like publishing uh, often and like I hadn't heard about this uh, until I like saw like oh like in Kansas like <laughs> their local newspapers are just like saying all these things I'm like whoa that's like really cool like I'm sorry that it's happening but like I'm glad that that's being like <laughs> said communication yes. right yeah. um, um, so, I'm even yeah, just think- thinking like rural Pennsylvania like Amish yeah. like how, like country like I wonder if now they're finally getting not to, to bash on any places, you know? <laughs> no, uh, it's just, um, it, that wasn't the priority, right? Like, and, mm. and it didn't need to be. Um, but like, it, now that we know how, how much this is spreading and how quickly it spreads, like uh, maybe we can ha- have a little bit more like uh, alert, I guess, uh, with uh, knowing this information. Um, so yeah, uh, great points. Thank you uh, for bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, other uh, other things that um, that you think might be improved here. What do you think? Yeah. So in terms of 
like methodological sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so in addition to social distancing, I'm pretty aware that mask wearing was also a very mm-hmm. controversial issue at the beginning of the pandemic. So I would have been, you know, very much curious about how this all uh, pans out from mask wearing as well. Like, you know, is exponential bias um, at least partially responsible for why, you know, people don't underestimate the importance of wearing masks or because mask wearing was so like uh, controversial and people think that is, um, you know, hurting their personal freedom maybe knowing about exponential bias doesn't really help at all because people aren't just motivated. Um, Yeah, so that is something that I was curious about, but the paper didn't really, you know, test mask wearing nor, you know, discussed it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. It sounds like that would have been like more relevant potentially, right, for conservatives, right? Given Mm. that a lot of the research finds that conservatives like were less likely to wear masks, right, and try to like spread the, uh, downplay the spread of the virus. So maybe that could have been like part of the intervention aspect of it. I thought you were just saying that they were actually trying to spread the virus. (laughs) (laughs) I think I probably misspoke. It probably came out that way. (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) Yes, that's not the case. No. Um, Cool. Okay, so I I think mask wearing is is definitely, it's different, right? It's, I would say, pretty different than social distancing, actually, uh, because it was so politicized. Um, Yes. Like it showed like, oh, are you a Republican or are you a Democrat? Like if you're wearing a mask, you must be one of these things or and not the other, right? Um, and like, it's so visible too, right? Like as opposed to social distancing, which is like a little bit more like ambiguous. Um, like, I mean, unless you're like really doing it properly, like it, it looks kind of funky, but like um, mask wearing is just so much more in your face uh, as far as like just the visibility of it. So um, I wonder um, how effective something like this would be um, if we were trying to like really um, improve this kind of behavior uh is there going to be like that much more like pushback uh, against um trying to correct like this like if you're trying to also make the point of like hey you should wear your mask because of this uh bias that we have as humans like oh let me explain it to you blah 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 um and, and like we can maybe correct that in misinformation but like does it actually make that leap to like something that's so like emotionally like charged you know and it's behavior. It goes back to behavior, right? Like you may think even with the knowledge, like, oh, this is something I maybe should do, right? But then maybe you ha- it's very complex, right? You may have views of like, oh, well, that's taking away from my freedom, right? Mm-hmm. You're telling me what I have to do. And some people are not on board with that. So. Yeah. And also wearing masks was like a political statement, like, at, you know, very earlier on. So it's like, I know, maybe I know wearing masks is important, but then like, Nobody else around me wears mask, and mm. you know they're actually trying to convey a message by not wearing a mask. So should I do it? You know, so there could be other factors, like Liz said, that affects. I mean, that disrupts uh, the link between, you know, what people think and what people actually do. Mm. This is all making me think like. And there's definitely downsides to like doing this, this like pretty great thing to like make sure that people are just more knowledgeable. Uh, But like if you start to like alienate some people uh, just because of things like um, politics or even like um, health literacy, like sort of like things, right? Like just literally knowing about like what, how health works. Um, Like if you start to educate some people and leave others out, like I I don't know if that that's going to spread 
that information is going to spread in the way that we want it to. And like, it might actually have people like really start to push back. Like, Hey, like, I thought I knew you, like, uh, I've known you for so many years, but now you're like, Oh, so fancy. And like, you know, science, like you think you're better than me, like things like that. Um, that's linked to mistrust in science too. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah, The, the reactants, the mistrust in science, like all of those, uh, they become like even more polarized than they already are. Uh, like, unless we do it right. Um, and I mean, what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> if we knew, it's an open question. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if the paper were, you know, really wanted to try to answer that, you know, they could have um, tested whether their intervention is more effective for conservatives mm. versus liberals. But uh, given that the paper don't really test that, and so, you know, it kind of leaves an open question of like, what about reactants, particularly among conservatives and you know, is this going to be effective for different political orientations? So there are still some, definitely some open questions. That's science yeah. for you though. Everything's an open question. <laughs> what is the answer? <laughs> there is never a concrete, definite answer, like mm-hmm. in anything. That's the fun of it though. Yeah. It's good, yeah. <laughs> um, so I mean, that, yeah, that, it would be so great to know for what groups would does this work the best? Um, and then like continue to work from there, like to know that like, oh, does it actually work for everyone? Or is it like, did it really work for like, maybe just liberals and it didn't work at all for conservatives? Like this paper just doesn't speak on that. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, it very well could have been the case that that actually happened, but the average, like it looked like that, um, like everyone was doing a little bit better. Um, so tough um and I, I, like my mind just completely goes into like oh how do we fix for that and that's all these methodological points that i'm not going to start making right here um yes. so uh maybe maybe we should i don't know unless there's like any other big points that you you want to talk about um I, I i think we might be good for like a final thought here Yes, so maybe we can leave with a positive note, Mm. uh, despite all of the criticisms that we had in this podcast. (laughs) Um, You know, criticisms are just, you know, natural thing that we do as scientists. So, you know, that's that. But at least, you know, the paper, you know, talks about exponential bias, which is very natural, right? Like, why do people even need to care about health statistics? Like, Mm -hmm. they're just so busy in their everyday lives. And especially with COVID, you know, the job losses, losses of life and other things that's going on, it's, it's okay, right, to not to misperceive. Um, mm-hmm. But then the good point and the positive note um, of this paper is that, you know, these things can be corrected very easily, right? I think their interventions uh, involved, you know, just one or two sentences about what exponential bias is and like how uh, coronavirus actually grows. And that was enough to correct people's misperceptions. So, you know, uh, this is not the end of the world. You know, <laughs> uh, people are very, um, people do have the ability to correct for their misperceptions and also their, you know, support for different COVID prevention measures. So um, yeah, it was really knowing what they found in the paper, I would say. 
Yes. Yeah, no, th those are all the perfect points, I think, um, that this was a super simple intervention. Like it, it, it could only like get better, I think, from here. Um, but we already saw some positive effects. Um, so that's like very cool. I almost want to say like, oh, your homework assignment now is like tell five people <laughs> like about yeah. this exponential bias. Now, you uh, know, right? Mm -hmm. So why don't you go out and tell other people? Exactly. Yeah. yeah the world the will word. be a better place. I mean, that's what we need to do. The world yeah. will be a better place faster than we think, right? Mm, like that's yeah. also exponential growth <laughs> is that <laughs> if everyone keeps telling five people, then uh, it'll take over. Uh, this is a horrible joke. I'm not even going to finish it, actually. Um, I think it's a great joke. That's your that's your homework. Go out and spread the news. <laughs> yeah. We can do exponential bias without COVID. Um, um, I mean, expo uh, that, dang it, I said that quite kind of wrong. I actually love that because that's, you know, one of my paper, like pro-social mm -hmm. behavior is contagious. Right. And it's exponential. I mean, we can talk about this later, but I really love your point. <laughs> Awesome. Um, so then uh, I think that we'll, we'll wrap up this paper. Uh, what's coming up? Um, oh, I was going to say we're going to talk more about prosociality, but we're not going to talk more. Pro no. Well, I mean, in some ways. Uh, At <laughs> some point, right. eventually. Yeah. Yes, yeah. definitely. Eventually, we'll, we'll return to prosociality. Um, but next week, we want to continue with more health-related topics. Um, I, I think we all have some knowledge on health, and I think it's also like it's something that affects so many people that like mm -hmm. we want to keep. Uh, like just uh, talking about that important topic. So uh, we'll be talking about um, breast cancer patients and um, how how well they're coping uh, with breast cancer uh, with their partners, um, and <clears throat> what are some of the factors that go into like uh, like a good like well-adjusted like couple. Uh, how do you help your partner? Um, sorry, my mic almost fell. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you got so excited. Yes, yeah. yeah. I, I got, you can tell, like, I'm more and more excited the more my hands <laughs> keep moving around. <laughs> I have that habit too, constantly. <laughs> um, cool. So then uh, we have that going. And I, I think, as always, uh, I will just mention that we're doing a lot of things. We have videos, we have visual abstracts, we have write ups, we have guides up now. It's exponential um, growth, people. Exponential yeah. growth. <laughs> uh, we have well, a lot of things in a lot of places, uh, such as our website, roomforresearch.com, uh, or also social media. You can find us at Room for Research. Uh, that is on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and Twitter, Twitter. and TikTok. Um, Everywhere. Yes. Wait, and why don't we have Snapchat? Oh, is we do have Snapchat. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. So, so it's we just, everywhere. Okay. We haven't used it yet, but. <laughs> Maybe if people could give us a reason to use Snapchat, we will use it. Um, if it helps, um, anything we can do, uh, let us know. Um, and until next week, uh, thank you all. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Bye for now.